Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season is sponsored by Editor Ninja, the internet's favorite flat rate content editing service. Founded by veteran marketer and entrepreneur John Doherty, Editor Ninja provides professional editing services for a flat rate. No more nickel and diming over individual content pieces. Just subscribe and add content to your queue and your dedicated editor will get to work. Schedule a free editorial assessment with John today at editorninja.com slash demo. Should you ever do work for free? That is kind of a hot topic when you pose this question on Twitter or any social media. And I think that it is with good reason. It's worthy of a lot of discussion. So we're talking today about writing tests, trial posts, and basically when to do something for free. Should you do an unpaid trial post? I know that a lot of people will say no. I think you and I are both on team no, but I want to get into the nuance of this topic. So Emma, I'm going to let you kick things off. Let's start with your take on this particular topic. Oh, man. Well, I think it's kind of complicated because I think so much depends on the context. So like in many ways, as a freelancer, I'm team no in the sense that if a prospective client came to me and they were like, hey, we'd really like to work on work with you on a freelance basis. We want you writing blog articles for us. Can you do a blog article test so we know that you're any good? That would be a very clear no for me. It's like you don't necessarily have to contract me to do five blog articles. I'm not going to force you to do that. We can start with one as a test, but it needs to be a paid test. However, I think this is a little bit different when you're applying for full-time work or even like a more full-time contract writing job. And I realize that we're on a podcast about freelance writing, so that might not be exactly what our listeners are doing, but that is when I see that these free writing tests are often asked for. So like, I know like a few years ago, I interviewed for a full-time job at a major tech company and they had me do like a pretty extensive writing test. And I did find it annoying in terms of like the use of my time. But I also understood in the sense that like it was one client who would have been, it wouldn't have been a client, right? It would have been an employer who was like investing in me and it kind of made sense in that scenario that they really wanted to make sure that I could write in their voice and their style. And they wanted to see how I'd respond to an assignment because they wanted, it wasn't just about sort of like the writing. It was also, do we want this person to be on our team? I think from the client's perspective or the employer's perspective, it's like, well, how much are they investing in you. One client can afford to pay you for one trial post, but paying for one trial post and then like walking away is like quite different than hiring you without doing any kind of writing tests and having like no idea if you're going to be like a good salaried employee because once you're a salaried employee it's incredibly difficult to fire you if you're a bad fit. So there's like some nuance here a little bit. Like what about you? Where do you kind of fall? If someone kind of said like, hey, would you do a trial post for free? Like, how do you react to that? My knee-jerk reaction is no. And I think it always has been no, just because I want to be paid for time that I spend working. And I think what you brought up about 
interviewing for the in-house job and how it was kind of part of that process is interesting because when I posed this question on Twitter, Erin, she had an interesting reply. She said, I don't do unpaid tests now, but I think this can be especially confusing for former journalists to navigate because unpaid writing tests are a common step of the interview process, at least in TV newsrooms. So they may feel pressured to do those types of unpaid tests for clients when transitioning into freelancing. So it's confusing. And I think especially when you're first getting started, maybe you have a little bit more leniency in what you're willing to do and not do. I think generally, though, it's kind of unethical to ask somebody to work for free, especially in a freelance context. I think even if it's a discounted rate, maybe it's not your full normal rate, there should be some sort of payment exchanged if there's a service completed. Yeah, they call it like spec work. Like you often hear in kind of like the ad agency world of like, oh, she did it on spec. And I'm pretty sure what that means is that you sort of do the work for free and then they can like buy the work or not, depending on whether or not they like it. That's kind of like an old school way of doing things. I haven't had anyone come to me and ask me to do like work on spec like that in like many years, but it used to be something that was quite common. And I think like my knee jerk reaction like you is no, but then you also have to think about like, well, who is this company? Why is it part of their process? And is what I would get out of doing this test actually worthwhile? So like if you had some major, like amazing dream company that you really wanted to work for and they were hiring you for a pretty big freelance role, like let's say 20 hours per week or like a really big project and they wanted to have an idea of you know, if you understood what they were about and they wanted to get a taste for your writing, like, I don't think maybe you would say like, well, they're going to be paying me so much if I get this job, that's kind of worth it. Even if that's the case, you'd have to make sure that like what they were asking you to do was not like a terribly long amount of your time, right? Like if it takes like 10, 15 hours of your time, like that doesn't make a lot of sense. And I agree with you. I just said this before, but I guess I see it. Whereas like, if it's a full-time role, I think the writing test makes some sense. And if it's not a full-time role, you should just be paid for a test project. So like, I think a paid test project is totally reasonable. Like, would you be willing to do a paid test? Yeah. And I do like a one-off trial post. So my process now has shifted to where I require a certain amount of spend per month to get time on my calendar. But if it's a brand new client that I've never worked with before, it seems silly to ask them to lock in to that type of longer form agreement with me without them seeing if they're happy with the work. So I'll do a one-off post paid. The other thing here is I like what you said about if depends on the company. If this is a company that you're really excited to work with, and if you don't have a portfolio with lots of good relevant examples as you try to work with more of these types of companies, You could kind of frame it mentally as an opportunity to create samples that you'll use in your portfolio. So even if the free trial post that you did doesn't end up in you getting a job, you have then this sample that you can add to your portfolio and use it in that way. But again, it's still kind of like benefit weighing and figuring out if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And I think what you're saying about like when the test makes sense, I agree. So like if I'm working with a new client, I generally, when I'm doing case studies, try and get them to commit to booking more than one with me, right? Like, because the investment of doing one case study means like I have to do a demo and I have to really get to know the product and the company. Like, it's not like I can just sort of do the desk research. 
I really want to understand. And so I encourage them like, hey, if you're going to invest in me to understand all of this, like let's do more than one of these, right? Like let's book me for three of them. I try and do a minimum of three, but sometimes I have a client who's like, eh, I'm just like, I don't know if it's that they're not confident in me or they've never worked with a freelancer or they just like don't know or they need to sell their team on it or whatever. But sometimes they'll be like, well, like I'd be a lot more comfortable starting with one as a test and let's see how it goes. And like, I'm perfectly comfortable with that as long as I'm getting paid for it. And like, I think that's, again, like a test is so much different than like, should you do the work for free? Right. That's a really great to spin your wheels and do nothing. Yeah. I think the other time that free work comes up for people is like friends and family. So they might have a friend who's like, hey, I need my website written. You're a freelance writer. Like, can you help me with this? Or like, I have friends who are like, I'm working on my resume. You're a writer. Can you help me edit it? Or like my sister needed a website for like a professional reason. She's like, can you help me get it set up? And I think in those cases, my view is to take it more on like a case-by-case basis and figure out like what the lift is, what your relationship with the person is, like whether it's going to be sort of a respectful working relationship and you're kind of just like helping them out as a friend because like that's what friends do or if someone's kind of like taking advantage of you. So like the way I see it is like if someone needs my help for like a kind of personal professional reason, what I mean by that is like they need help writing a cover letter or they need help with their resume or they need help with their personal website so that they can like get hired or graduate or something like that. In those instances, I'm usually like, assuming the person is quite close to me, I'm usually really happy to help out because like I enjoy it and it's a way that I can give back to them and like show my appreciation for them being in my life. I think where it starts to get like taking advantage of is when someone's like, I have a business And I want to basically hire you to like write my business website, right? Like even if it's somebody I know really well, or if they're like, can you give me a social media strategy? (laughs) Just real quick. Yeah. Or I've I've had people like want to have like a meeting with me. They're like friends of mine. And then, oh, like I think we're just having lunch. And then I realized that they're just like trying to pick my brain for like, how do you like pitch people to get sponsorships for Instagram? And I'm like, how did I even end up here? This is like so weird. And that totally rubs me the wrong way. Like I'm not like meeting friends to like give strategies. But yeah, I'm curious about how you think of that too. And if there's like times where you kind of share your expertise for free, like I feel like you and I share our expertise for free with each other in a way. It's not like we're I think we're if we have an ask of each other, it's a respectful one. Right. And we usually pay each other. You know, we hire each other. That's actually important to note is that like Kaylee and I have both hired each other for like various tasks over the years if we think the other would be well suited to it. And that's different than if like I might send you a text and be like, hey, would you like look over this proposal for me and tell me if it makes sense? Like that's like maybe a 10 minute ask for you versus you like, I don't know, writing something for me, right? Yeah. So scale and scope are definitely considerations. Yeah. One of the other things I think is important to consider when you do a free trial post is sort of a precedent that it sets with you and the client. If you're doing something for free right off the bat, I feel like that kind of sets up an an unequal power dynamic, I guess, is how I would think about it, or just like a skewed relationship. So 
I just feel like that's not really a good foot to start on when you're working with a new client to do something for free. And then I feel like it makes it harder to then raise your rates and ask for more and and kind of push back. It's not really a professional thing to do, right? I feel like if you, and we've talked about this so much on the podcast, but like if you are a freelancer and you're taking yourself seriously as a business owner, what kind of professional would work for free? And I think like, I don't want listeners to think that we don't advocate for like, I don't know, adding some kind of like bonus or like having a call or like helping out a friend or some of these things that we've talked about, right? Like we're not saying, you know, cause it's like, I can imagine a plumber coming to my house and being like, <laughs> okay, it's $400 to fix your toilet. And I'm going to throw in this part for free, right? Like the labor is $400 and the parts 20, I'll, I'll include the part, right? Like you can kind of imagine that or like normally the toilet is $400 and you also like need your drink, your bathroom sink uh, snaked. I'll add in that part for free or for, like, I mean, I don't, I, I'm like, this is really silly that I'm using the plumber as the example. But my, my, my point is, is that like doing some like kind of add-ons or going above and beyond, like to me that makes some sense, right? I think what doesn't make sense is if you come into someone's house and you're like, oh, I'll just... Yeah, you'd be like, why? Why are you doing that? What's going on here? What am I missing? It'd be very suspicious. So that's just something to think about too, is like the working relationship. What kind of tone are you setting for that? And how is that going to impact things moving forward? Yeah, there's still a lot of debate going off of that tweet I posted earlier this week where I was talking about it. We'll link in the show notes, but I think people are really pretty much on the side of, no, this isn't a good idea. You shouldn't do it for a lot of different reasons, including the ones we've discussed here. Do you think that there's anything we haven't touched on as far as other considerations when you're thinking about should I or shouldn't I? Well, I think that like with the should I or shouldn't I, we've covered that like pretty extensively. I think one thing that that maybe we can wrap it up on is I'm wondering, like, are you seeing people ask for this? Because I feel like I used to see it more, like someone asking me to sort of work for free or implying that I'm going to like do some consulting kind of off the cuff. But I really don't see that a lot. Like I feel, I don't know if it's because there's more respect for freelancer contractors in general, or if the landscape has just really changed or if it's the industry that I'm in, like, are you seeing it? What do you think? I think a big part of it has come from like the tendency to like this cancel culture thing, right? Like people get dragged on Twitter all the time. So if you're asking somebody to do this for free, I feel like you're almost running the risk of getting that put all over social media. So people are kind of hesitant to do that. So I think that that's one factor. I think the other thing is too, like you said, what industry are you in? Kind of what are the norms? for your industry. I think within like the tech space and e-commerce and software as a service, which is where you and I are, there's enough money to go around. And I think everybody knows that at this point. So to ask somebody to do something for free, especially as a freelancer, I think that that's a big distinction. If you are not interviewing for a full-time job or something like that, that really is a pretty obvious breach of legally what's acceptable as an independent contractor. You can't really ask somebody to work for free without putting yourself at some sort of risk. So I think people are getting smarter and that's good. 
Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that that distinction that we talked about at the very beginning of the episode of like, if you're applying for a full-time job and they ask you to do a presentation or a test or something like that's pretty standard, especially in tech. I mean, my husband works as a software engineer and he has had to do like coding interviews, like coding tests for when applying for a new job, or he's had to administer them as a manager. And I asked him once, like, I was like, this seems like so much work. Like, do you think it's fair to ask for this? And he was like, it's not great, but we don't have like a better way of assessing. And so, but I just think like that scenario is like so different than a freelancer who runs a business whose job is literally to like come in and do small projects for you. Yeah. And if you have a solid portfolio, that should be pretty good evidence of what your writing looks and sounds like, kind of what subject matter you're comfortable with. So again, that's really speaks to the importance of having a highly curated portfolio of only your best work, because that should speak for itself if you've done a good job at that. So yeah, although, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this, Kaylee, but I've seen so many awesome portfolios and then I've hired the person to write for me and I'm like, oh, you're a really good editor. It's not perfect. That's for sure. (laughs) That isn't to say that. I think that that's why like a paid test is great. Like that's like the perfect happy medium of like, hey, we'll do one test project. I'll pay you the going rate for that project. And if it goes great, we'll do more. And if it doesn't go so well, we'll either adjust expectations and try again, or like this isn't going to work. Right. So I think that that's kind of fair to both parties. And I liked what you said too about maybe you don't do it for free, but you throw in something extra so that both parties feel like they're getting something. That's another good option too. That's a good alternative to propose. If somebody comes to you and says, will you do this test assignment? You could say, well, no, I'm not going to do it for free, but I can do that and then throw in something small that's a value add for them. And that makes everybody happy. So one thing I think we should wrap up on this, Kaylee, is that sometimes people ask me like, well, how should I respond if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, will you write this like test article? And they sort of imply, or maybe they say explicitly, we're not paying for this. They might say it's an unpaid test article. And one thing that I, you know, they say, what do I reply? And I recommend often replying of like, oh, thanks so much for getting in touch. My rate for whatever it is, let's say it's a blog article. My rate for this blog article is X. I'd love to complete it for you at that rate if it goes well. And just sort of like change the conversation a little bit because I don't think you necessarily need to be like, I don't do unpaid tests, blah, 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 blah. Like, I think you sort of want to assume that maybe the person asking that question doesn't know or that there's an opportunity to like educate a little bit of like, this is how much what you're asking for should cost, right? Sometimes you can even say like, well, my hourly rate is X to complete that. And I estimate it would take Y hours or something like that. I think that's like kind of a gentler way than to be like, no, I would never do a paid test. How dare you ask? Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.